0: All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro.
1: Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert. Here is this
0: week's show show with Sweets and Slaney.
1: Don't feel like I've watched a lot in the last week. Okay. But I feel like a lot's probably happened.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, there's not like a whole lot of like major uh, entertainment news. Everything kind of got clouded by the lunacy. Yeah. By the loony bin down south of the border. Uh Uh-huh. Again, common
1: theme on the show show. Talking about
0: politics? Well, no, just talking about how crazy America is. I know. And like, I don't know where, at what point you're supposed to um, like get emotional about it and say I can't take this anymore. Right. But I am starting to lose patience with the the tweet jokes about how... uh, we were recently in a similar time A simpler time. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. like when people tweet about how, Oh, like, oh remember oh, when we got upset about Obama's tan suit? Like, right. I, don't, I don't find it fun to think back about I that. I find it very troubling to think back yeah. on that. I um, definitely agree. And I also have, have made my right or wrong. I've made myself extremely exposed to all kinds of, um, terrible, terrible things on social media comment wise. Like there is, there is no shortage of Donald Trump support existing still on social media. You would think that it's like down to the last few hairs of people who are actually on his side. Right. There are so many people apologizing for, and I don't mean like saying sorry. I mean like, uh, condoning his recent behavior. It's just amazing to me, uh, what people are willing to look the other way on. Yeah. Uh, before they're willing to uh side with their political opponents like people are literally condoning literal nazism because liberals are smug right and how could we possibly admit that they were right
1: i'm finding that every other week there's some late night appeal where like all the late night hosts are are like, we need a moment of yeah. seriousness to yeah. talk about this. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. Kimmel was really good last night actually. He gave I, like a 12, 12 minute speech. Yeah. He was really the only one who came out prepared in time last night for uh, to comment on that second press conference because that happened right when shows were taping. Uh, so like Seth Meyers said a thing or two about it, but then he kind of had to do a closer look about like the night before stuff. Sure. Um, so Kimmel was, was prepared for it. Uh, Jimmy Fallon Kind of made his first overt um, uh, statement. This to be one of those nights where I'm at a loss for words. Great, oh, go. I think he uh, nailed it. Um, he, he 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 took an objective side, sure, just in saying you know that uh, uh, Trump is being shameful or whatever. Uh, and so he, so he, many. He legitimately said tr- he like said like he said the word shameful. Yeah, Trump. Yeah, and yeah. what he said was that that Trump took so long to condemn Nazism was shameful um and so many people who were uh, republicans or trump fans are now saying they're disappointed in jimmy because he was their guy they thought jimmy also was a trump supporter (laughs) Oh wow! i mean that's not that's never been the case he said that on stern a little while back he says like everybody seems to think that i'm on trump's side because i ruffled his hair maybe i shouldn't have done that but like i have two daughters and a badass wife and we live in manhattan you know who we voted for right right um and, and that's what I assumed. Why is his wife so badass? That's what she's like me. A, she's business. like a business lady. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, She's responsible for uh, Drew Barrymore's career. Uh, no way. By and large, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Is she, like, way older than him? No. Uh, She's a little older than Jimmy. Yeah. yeah a little
1: older. Because I feel like Drew Barrymore was kind of popping for a while before Jimmy Fallon was.
0: I mean, she yeah. was a child actor, too, but... Yeah, I don't think she necessarily... I mean, if you go back that far, Steven Spielberg is responsible for... For Drew Barrymore's career, but um, <laughs> and Jimmy Fallon married Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he, he did. Oh, we just connected the dots. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Anyway, so so he, he said that, and half the people are like, "Oh, I'm so disappointed in Jimmy" because mm-hmm. they think that he's a Trump supporter. And then the other half are liberal minded people, mm-hmm. and they're like, "I don't want to hear it. Ever since you ruffled Trump's hair and helped him become president, I don't want to hear." And like, right. let's let's stop splitting hairs and just like, who who cares if he ruffled the hair? Sure. Let's yeah. move on from yeah. that. That's, if that's the reason people
1: elected a president, then...
0: It's not Jimmy's fault. Yeah. Give me a small one. Hey, speaking of late night uh, and Howard Stern, David Letterman was on Howard Stern this morning. No way. That's going to be a listen to. Whoa. So yeah. you haven't heard it yet. I have not heard it yet. Has he been on it before? He has been on uh, two or three times before. Most recently at Howard's 60th birthday, they did this enormous show, sure. this live broadcast in a stadium. And everybody who's famous and has a relationship with the Stern Show, was on that program. It was really one of the most incredible broadcasts in radio history. Did you watch it or listen to it? I have watched it. It was filmed as a TV show, and I've listened to it two or three times, maybe, because it's a good listen. Cool. Uh, And Letterman did, like, a 40-minute interview on that. The cool thing about it was that most of the guests were a surprise to Howard. And so that uh, program really illustrates what an incredible broadcaster he was because of how much... Uh, how little preparation he had done! Like he interviewed David Letterman for forty minutes, not even knowing David Letterman was going to be on the show. So it was a sixtieth birthday party slash show that he was doing. Yeah, it was like it was a it was an episode of the Stern Show. Oh, okay. Rather than doing gotcha. it, rather than doing it in their studio, they did it in like a stadium. Wow. Uh, and they had a bunch of they had like an audience and a bunch of oh, uh, that's awesome. celebrity guests. So I
1: was just thinking, like this was at his birthday party. Like
0: what a thing to put on this guy for his <laughs> birthday. Like all right now you got to do your job for 40 yeah. minutes it was celebrating his 60th birthday that's why right. they did it anyway so now he's back i guess to discuss the fact that he's coming out of retirement to do a netflix show probably which i keep forgetting and then reminding myself of and it's very bizarre yeah i'm, s- I'm still weirded out by that although thrilled
1: although it's gonna be such a long time like i feel like i'm gonna forget that he was doing this by the time it starts up
0: It'd be interesting to see how much style it has. You know, is it just going to be David Letterman sitting in a room that kind of looks like a living room and right. talking to people, a la uh, the way Oprah talks to people nowadays, right. occasionally, or like Barbara Walters or Larry King, or is it actually going to have some kind of uh, unique pizzazz? Like we had right. talked before about how he's really envious of Jerry Seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee concept. Like, is yeah. he going to have? Uh, some kind of weird spin on the long-form interview?
1: Yeah, like, will it just start with, will he really break format? Will it start with him just, like, smoking a bowl for something? Like, <laughs> could you imagine? He's like, this is what I do. Like, so now I'm just going to start interviewing people at my little tiki lounge in my
0: shed. I guess we'll find out a little bit once we've listened to the to the Howard episode, because mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. I'm yeah. fascinated by, by Dave as a cultural figure. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig was on Stephen Colbert last night. He finally confirmed... From the horse's mouth, he is going to be playing 007 once again. Did he address any of the talk of him stabbing his eyes out? Yeah. Okay. Uh, It was was Slash My Wrists. Slash My Wrists. Okay. Steven called him on it. Did he? Awesome. And he kind of owned it. He was kind of like, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Now, he gave context. He said, when I was asked that question, are you going to do another one? uh, I had just been done shooting the previous one for two days. Right. And what I meant was, am I ready to do another one now? No, right. of course not. I'd rather slash my wrists. And I kind of knew that that's what he meant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people really ran with that. Yeah, I know. He seems like an okay guy. Like I've heard him on the Nerdist podcast too, and he seems quite affable. He doesn't seem ungrateful. No. I think I've heard him before too. I yeah. think he's just a very like artful actor. If he cares about the craft more than most. He, he says he's not coming back for money, but I find that hard to believe because uh was, what was the last one? Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. Yeah, I get Barely know Spectre- her. Yeah, I know. I, I I get Spectre and Skyfall confused, although they're opposites in quality. Definitely. Uh Spectre wasn't that good. And no. so and, and like he's so old now. Like I saw a picture from, from Casino Royale the other day, a still, and I was like, oh my god, he was the young bond, I forgot. Right. And they really need to go back to that. We need to We've had this discussion countless times. I guess I don't need to go into it, but we really need to get past the "it has to be Idris Elba, it has to be Tom Hardy" idea. These guys are in their forties.
1: Yeah, was he the young Bond originally? Like when he's—I know it was like like it was a throwback, but was he supposed to be pretty young?
0: Yeah, really? I mean, I mean, that's the con. That's the whole uh, premise of Casino Royale is right. that he's like the hotshot new guy, right? And right? now he's old again. And now he's <laughs> no, well. And by the third one, he he's done four of them. By the third one, they were playing him as the old Bond. He's right. the old dried up grizzled Bond. Yeah. He goes rogue in every movie. Yeah, you're right. I'm just tired of it. He always comes back and they're like, where have you been? No question (laughs) he's made a couple of excellent 007 movies and I guess I'm fine with him doing one more but then we got to move on and we got to shake it up and we got to pick somebody we would never heard of before. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good idea. If I were to tell you they're making a big blockbuster uh, film out of The Picture of Dorian Gray and I would Mm -hmm. ask you to guess a hundred different names for who might be directing that movie.
1: What? Which one's the picture
0: of Dorian Gray again? Uh, it's the one. Uh, it's like a classic novel about the man who never ages. But there's a picture in the attic of him aging forever and ever. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's. it's I don't think it's Dumas. It's, I don't. Uh, I
1: don't know that this is that that um, well known to me.
0: <laughs> the picture of Dorian Gray is like a classic novel. It's sure. like one of those literary. It's not Dumas, I'm thinking Count of Monte Cristo, but it's like it's of that ilk. okay. Um, anyway, so they're making a big movie of the picture of Dorian Gray. right. And if I were to give you a hundred guesses, potential directors, you would never, you would never guess the person who's directing this film. If I were to say it's a woman, I could give you a hundred guesses, and you still wouldn't guess who it is. Is it Drew Barrymore? No, because you probably would guess her in the top 100, <sighs> right? Yeah, I guess so. She's like a, a lady of film. Is it um miley cyrus no but that's that's closer oh interesting. just in that in that they have a similar main line of work
1: britney spears
0: no it's somebody who's considerably more alternative in indie than either of those artists oh um is it carrie brownstein no although that's that's getting much closer this person's got the awkward nature of Carrie brownstein but saint uh, vincent it is in fact saint vincent <laughs> It is. It wow that's
1: not not bad you did okay i, I worked yeah. i worked back pretty once you said the awkward thing yep. and very indie i was
0: once to supposed it. to interview saint vincent and she didn't show up right and i was so relieved that she didn't show up because yeah. i had spent the morning just watching interviews with her and she was impossible to interview right and i think she's really cool and it's interesting that she's going to be a filmmaker yeah, I think I think she'll do an
1: amazing job. Yeah, I'm open to that for sure. I and, think anyone who's hung out with um, uh, uh, Burn that much, David Burn,
0: that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Will really uh, Talking Heads Excel. I forgot they made a record together. They made yeah. a whole album, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and cool. then
1: her next album was very like, you know, you saw her live when she was here, right? No, I didn't. No, I was. Oh, I didn't care.
0: It was. It was cool. It was very like. I agree she's cool Kind of Yeah Yeah she's wonky Definitely Uh, In more mainstream Cinematic news Director Ryan Johnson And Mark Hamill A.K.A. Skywalker himself Mm -hmm. Luke uh, Urging fans To avoid Star Wars Episode 8 Press as much as possible I did read that I'm on board with that Like Why spoil more You know yeah, but it's interesting because why would they come out to say that unless they really unless they've seen the next trailer and they're really uncomfortable with how revealing it is? Cuz we're due for that next trailer. Somebody's cut that thing. That's going to come out next week, I would guess. Right. So, director Ryan Johnson surely has seen it. Well, I think what I was reading was
1: it just reveals too much about even the the nature of the
0: relation of multiple characters, so like yeah, between but that's like what Star, that's what that's what's <laughs> keeping Star Wars alive is the secrecy surrounding those relationships. Yeah, so I you guess g- so. have to be more careful when you're when you're exposing some of that pre-film right. release. Well, I think the fact that that Luke
1: Skywalker is involved at all, yeah, and it's going to show more than just a, a line of him in the movie, yeah, which is what I'm assuming anyway. Uh, no, yeah, that's that's kind of been announced that gives too much openly. away. Yeah, it, it, it gives too much away because, you know, having Han Solo say, Chewie, we're home, didn't yeah. give a lot away right? in The Force Awakens. Man, that, know, that was only written excited.
0: into the script for the
1: trailer, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Because they weren't home. Oh, yeah, they were. They were on, on Falcon, the, yeah. On the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I think it's, I'm sure it probably doesn't give as much away as they think maybe for the real Trekkie heads, maybe maybe people would be able to extrapolate, but maybe it's just because they know the rest of the script.
0: Well, y- you can never um, you can never overestimate how much hardcore Star Wars fans are willing to dissect the most minute little thing. That's true. And occasionally uh, hit on something that might actually have some truth. More often than not, they're grasping at straws when they're trying to connect the dots. And really, as as fun as that is to discuss. With my brother, Ross and I always like to talk about potential Star Wars twists yeah. and possible outcomes. As fun as that is to discuss, it's so much more fun to be surprised. And it's killed stuff in the past. My go-to example is uh, How I Met Your Mother. People right. wouldn't be so against that ending if they hadn't figured it out because they were thinking about it for nine years leading up. Right. And so I have I have a couple of friends who actively avoid trailers for stuff they're really excited for sure
1: so will you avoid the trailer for star wars i'm inclined to now yeah
0: yeah interesting yeah i feel like something i really care about i feel
1: like you're one of the people who would just
0: go watch it immediately
1: normally (laughs) i would be yeah
0: normally i would be for sure i was really excited yesterday the molly's game trailer came out this is aaron sorkin's directorial debut so you watched the trailer yesterday yeah you were
1: talking to me about it yep and you'd seen the trailer at that point
0: yeah so it's it's based on this this real event and it's it's so sorkin-esque in premise it's about uh american greed and opportunity Mm -hmm. existing in in the form of a courtroom drama Mm -hmm. early 2000s it's about this woman who when she was like 26 years old she started one of the most exclusive uh elite poker rings in Mm -hmm. america and so it had uh Literal movie stars in it. I did some digging. Uh, What's Toby McGuire there? Toby McGuire is the movie star who is in it. Nice. But all the names of the other characters, other than Molly Bloom, uh, as portrayed by Jessica Chastain, everyone else's name has been changed. Uh, okay. Um, but if you dig around, the so called movie star that Michael Sarah is playing in this movie yeah. is Toby McGuire. Interesting. Which is kind of fun.
1: Did you uh, hear there was a, a Bill Simmons podcast with Charlize Theron, and she said she went against um toby mcguire in a poker game and she technically owes him like fifteen thousand dollars yeah he's like but, a big but she was like i'm not shark. like paying you that and he was really pissed <laughs> yeah he's she's like he's he, real she's like he's I think possibly still angry. Well, he
0: takes it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Definitely. I have heard that. I think. What has he been up to lately? I don't know. You know what else? I've also had a a realization about uh, Tobey Maguire. I think it was shortly after uh, Spider Man Homecoming came out and Mm. and, uh, Tom, what's his name? Tom Holmes? Something? Whatever the current Spider Man's name is. Yeah. He was uh, doing a lot of press and being very charming. It occurred to me that I don't think I've ever seen Tobey Maguire be Tobey Maguire. I don't. Yeah. Th- and I watch a lot of talk shows, and I listen to a lot of celebrity podcasts. Right. I don't think I have ever heard him out of character. I think he's just a pretty kind of timid guy. Which I respect.
1: Yeah. He reminds me, like, he's very kind of, yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure what, yeah, uh, but apparently he's this powerhouse
0: at the poker table. He was the other Leo DiCaprio when they were coming up. That's like, right. He was the other guy who everybody said, oh, these two young actors are really going to be something. And it's easy for us to, to forget that because we just associate him so much with one highly mainstream franchise. Didn't they hang out together too, Leo and and Toby? They're probably friends. They <laughs> were in uh, they made the Gatsby movie together. Have you ever heard of the the posse they had? No, but that sounds funny. And they called
1: it it was like Leonardo DiCaprio, I think it was Leonardo DiCaprio, Toby Maguire David Blaine and like two other guys. Sure. And so the second word of the posse was posse, and the first word was something that sounded super close to posse, and it was in relation to how they picked up a lot of women. Yeah, no, I'm with and, you. Yeah, okay, you're p- yeah. picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. So, so yeah, that apparently they just went out to clubs and like picked up and.
0: Well, uh, at least one of those people is still doing that pretty often yeah, i think yeah leonardo DiCaprio um won the bid this week to portray leonardo da vinci in the biopic it sure. was like a bidding war for the rights to the leo da vinci movie right leo da vinci no one calls him that so <laughs> so he bought it so he won the rights however that's done i don't know the same way he won the wolf of wall street rights against uh, brad pitt um and he's going to play Leonardo da Vinci, which is fitting because like he's named Leo DiCaprio and there's this whole story, whether or not it's true, I don't know about how he's named Leonardo because when his mom first felt him kick in the womb, she was looking at the Mona Lisa, Really? which sounds like horse shit, but oh my God. I mean, his name is Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And so he's going to play da Vinci in a movie. Wow. I'm just still caught up about the whole winning the rights thing.
1: Is it not just done through audition and who their director likes the most?
0: Well, no, not if you're a producer in the film. Like, if, if he's if he's sure. behind the actual development of the project, right? He was with Wolf of Wall Street too. He and Marty did that together. Right. That was also a douchey of me. Why did I do that? <laughs> he and Marty. Why did I do? Oh, I did that's that. Amazing. I did I hope that hope without, without that. meaning to sound anything. I just, uh, just like, oh, that's what, how people know him, and then I immediately regretted it.
1: I'm gonna do it for the rest of the episode if you miss the opportunity.
0: There are a bunch of them that people like Sandy Bullock and Bob De Niro. Yep. You hear these things all the time. Mm-hmm. Annie Hathaway, I've occasionally heard. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, that seems
0: Katie Heigel, I've heard.
1: Katie Heigel.
0: Um that's well, Nick Cage, that's an obvious one. Everybody does that. Um there are others.
1: Yeah. People have nicknames. Bob De Niro, I think, is the So I was talking to Bob. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and definitely Marty Scorsese. Marty, for sure. Definitely heard that before. Uh, do you know what movie pass is? I've just been seeing it on Reddit. I don't know if it exists here. Does it? It doesn't exist here. It's an American-only company. I really don't know how the logistics of it work because it seems like uh, if they're having some kind of legal clash with AMC, the biggest American uh, cinema company. Right. How? So AMC runs a bunch of movie theaters. AMC? They're the biggest movie theater company in the I think in the world. Wow, crazy! Um, I just knew them for the channel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess they would be the same thing. That's the only. I'm assuming it's the same thing. Never even thought about it. Maybe they are. Anyway, so MoviePass is this very interesting concept that allows you to be um, a a subscription member on a monthly fee basis Mm -hmm. to be able to use the movie theater to see as many movies as you want, Uh, which is fascinating. And I don't know why... I wasn't aware of that already. Sure, uh, but they've announced that they're going to reduce their monthly fees to nine ninety five. That's amazing.
1: That's from a, that, fifteen
0: bucks a month, I think it's yeah. a pretty substantial drop. Sure. No, I, it was it, it was nine ninety five. It's nine ninety five now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From from fifty from fifteen. Oh, I thought it was fifty. Well, whatever. It's a huge drop. Yeah. And it's incredibly affordable. Yeah. All you have to do is see one movie a month. <laughs> and it pays for it. And it pays for itself. Yeah. You can go to any movie as many times as you want. You can go to all the movies. Right. And wouldn't you probably go to all the movies? I think so. I, I,
1: I would. I'm th- when I saw it come up, I, w- I was thinking about looking in to if it was in Canada, because
0: it only makes sense. Well, and I discussed it on the on the radio show this afternoon, and I put on Facebook, would you pay $9.95 a month to see all the movies you want? And everybody's like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of Duh. course I would do that. And- yeah, dummy. And so I don't really know why AMC is so mad about it because I don't really know how they were making money through it otherwise right. anyway. And doesn't this just drive more people in the door and more people to their concession stands? Yeah,
1: I think so. I, yeah, that's that's kind of what I didn't understand because you know I haven't seen a movie in like four months. So they'd be making more money for me if I got one of these
0: passes. And I love the movies. I love going to the movies. And I love movie theater popcorn. I can't go yeah. in there and not get popcorn. Of course not. If, if I... If part I had a movie pass, I'd definitely pay 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And like I would I would definitely go to the movies once a weekend. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Um, if not also once throughout the week. Right. Um it would just become part of my routine and I would spend so much money on movie theater popcorn. They mm-hmm. would get that money that way. Right. So I find it very odd. And I didn't know that it existed and I'm I'm kind of inclined to think that movies in general should be a monthly subscription thing. Yeah, Although I'd, even if it's 20 bucks, 20 bucks Canadian but are there exemptions like are you gonna be allowed to go see Star Wars and like at the end of the day how are they gonna measure box office sales if they just if they can tell us how many people went to see Star Wars but they didn't make any extra money than they would have anyway
1: that's fair yeah that's uh, yeah it might change the way movies
0: are consumed or the box office is tallied I don't know I have no idea or they just like make an equivalent to how much money they would have made no it doesn't make any sense yeah, or maybe it's, like, entries through the door. A big week for news about film directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis C.K. apparently has secretly been directing a film. Okay. Uh, it's called I Love You, Daddy. It's his first movie since. Uh, first directed movie since.
1: What was the last movie directed?
0: I know you're aware of this. He hasn't directed too many movies, but he did direct a little feature starring Chris Rock. Oh, top five? Called Pootie Tang. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so he's made this movie called I Love You, Daddy. He also said recently that he doesn't think that Louie the Show is ever going to come back, at least not in that same form. Right. And namely because the daughters are, are so cool. much older now, he doesn't really want to do theater about teenage daughters. He thought sure. it was a better show. He just thinks that the time has passed, and it's been like three years or something. Yeah. yeah. I get it. That's fine. Um, but maybe this is his new way of, of writing about fatherhood is in this movie called I Love You, Daddy. Cool. I'm on board. So he wrote it, too? Yeah, I definitely. Okay. I and mean, when does he not, right? Yeah, well, I thought the news would be that he wrote and directed it. But I think I think it is that. I mean, he directed Horace and Pete, too, and he directed his Louis show. He's, he's not not been directing, right. but it's his first feature film directing. Right. And he's an auteur. He, and we assume that because he's directing it, He would have also written it. There's no way he didn't write this movie. There's no way. (laughs) I'm curious. There's no way. Anyway, he's secretly been making this movie. It's made. Wow. Yeah. It's just, when's it going to be released? I don't know. know. Soon, I guess. Wow. Netflix shows uh, that were just renewed for second season. Do you think that'll be released online? There are a few new movies coming out on Netflix, as a matter of fact. There's some movie I saw a trailer for today with Justin Long and Kobe Smulders. It's called Literally Just Before Aaron. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's what it's called. Okay. See so the idea is like uh, they break up and then she gets engaged to this other guy named Aaron. And when did you date Kobe Smulders? Literally just before. Aaron. Right. Sure. That's, that's what the, that's in the trailer. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Oh, that's why it's called that. Nice. Uh, I saw another trailer for, Oh, there's a movie that's at um, like TIFF now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's technically already been released. A lot of audiences have seen it, but it, Netflix just won the rights for it, which is this new Noah Baumbach movie. Who's with that? uh, he he he, I guess he's like really um, he's fixated mo- most of his his writing and directing on like family dysfunction. Okay, I can't think of what the other movies are. You recognize the name Noah Bombak? Uh, yes, yeah, I recognized it, but I'm not familiar with his work. It sounds familiar. Uh, anyway, so it stars Adam Sandler, who's apparently awesome.
1: Okay,
0: uh, Ben Stiller, he made that movie Greenberg with Ben Stiller, is Noah Baumbach. Oh, it's kind yeah, of, it's kind of like dark comedy, yeah, uh, and Dustin Hoffman. Right. So that's kind of exciting, and it looks like a very uh, warm movie. Do you ab- know what about it, life? What it's called? Uh, no, because it was a word I didn't know how to pronounce. I think it's someone's name, and it's the last name that I didn't know how to pronounce. Was it like Wexler? No, because I saw there was a very like Adam Sandlery movie. Out. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no. This is like it takes itself seriously. Yeah, and it looks okay. sweet. So that's coming out on Netflix. Cool. There are a few original Netflix movies that are in the works, like Randall Park. Mm-hmm. is uh gonna do a, a like a rom-com for netflix and they're they're kind of gearing up for more feature films i think cool which is kind of exciting on the subject uh, of netflix i did want to say uh, glow is now officially renewed for a second season mm-hmm. and so is ozark not big surprises there no
1: i don't think so that was well bound to happen. I-, I felt like glow was renewed immediately and i thought ozark was going to be renewed immediately i mean they're great. pretty
0: much renewed immediately mm-hmm. that's pretty especially for ozark that's pretty fast
1: yeah once they see those ratings, baby.
0: Yeah. HBO has announced, even after the events of this weekend, they still are fully intending to create the show Confederate. Okay. Which we've said previously may be fine. Sure. We have to see it before we know whether or not it's offensive. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely an even more sensitive subject matter now than it was four days ago. Yeah, yikes. Do you think they're going to...
1: Um, just make the white people a lot more evil in it, too.
0: <laughs> Just <laughs> but really then it's home. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I don't they, know what to
1: expect. They must be pretty confident in the product at this point. I mean, I don't think they're... I, I mean, when would you ever pull out of a show when it's completely
0: wrapped? I don't is it, Is it wrapped? I thought it was. Maybe. If it is, then of course they intend to move forward with it. Yeah. I mean, it's based on a book that I'm pretty sure is well understood to be... Not racist. Like, I'm pretty sure it's about how racism is bad. Right. Calling it Confederate doesn't make it a celebration of... Did HBO say, like, we need the show now more than ever? No. Oh, okay. They just have no plans to discontinue the project. Okay. Uh, Did you hear about Good Omens, the TV show? No. Do you know what
1: Good Omens is? Uh, like positive thing that kind of just happens for reasons that you can't. Right, explain. I've always
0: taken umbrage with the expression "good omens" because an omen is inherently bad, and people say that something is a good omen. It's never really computed right. with me. But it's the name of a novel, uh, unusually co-written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. They wrote it together, and it's largely considered in like the nerd uh, cult community to be one of the funniest books really? ever. Yeah, I think it's about the son of Lucifer. Okay, I think so. It's like a, a almost like a Christopher Moore esque like oddball fantasy dark comedy. And who's Terry Pratchett? He's also a fan a fantasy writer. He he's uh, gone now. He passed away, but he uh, uh, he wrote like dozens of books uh, cool. in the fantasy genre, and he's quite uh, lauded and and warmly thought back on. Nice. So they wrote that book together. It's going to be a TV show of of Good Omens, starring David Tennant. Of Doctor Who fame. Okay. And Michael Sheen, both good actors. Yeah, definitely. So
1: are they going, is it going to be on like stars, like American Gods? Or no, it's going to be
0: on, uh, oh, I don't know. I thought I had a note. Maybe we don't know yet. Okay. It's an early production. Sure. They're just starting to film it, and maybe they're going to send it around after that. That's cool, though. Now, like don't expect the tone of American Gods. This, what's kind of interesting about Neil Gaiman is that tonally, he's kind of all over the map in his writing. You writings. mentioned that before, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh american gods is one of the darker things he's written
1: right and even that's got a lot of humor in it
0: did you finish that show
1: well i'm like halfway through we stopped watching it for summer i think we just picked up on ozark and then that kind of cut it off yeah fair enough yeah
0: although it's been out for a long time because we watched we we did a podcast on i think it was the last podcast we did in my last apartment in my last studio before i moved i honestly think we just have forgotten about it to this yeah, point it's easy to forget
1: yeah it's it's one of those shows that we watched the final episode and and then we were moving at the same time too so all that was working against It's a us. lot of upheaval yeah uh
0: deadpool 2 resumed filming today they only took a yeah. couple days off after the stunt, stunt woman drug. died yeah that's really sad that's very sad it's really really scary and you know like uh Tom Cruise was also injured on the set of Mission Impossible this week, and so now they're having to like rework the schedule so that they can shoot some of the uh, lower action scenes for the next couple of weeks, instead of some of the higher action scenes. And, you know, it's fine to be uh, committed to the project, and I think Tom Cruise is nothing if not committed to his movies. Sure. and I don't know how much of his insistence on doing all of his own stunts, which he famously insists upon, is an ego thing, and how much is just he really enjoys it. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a little bit of both. But there, when when two prominent stunt people have died on prominent projects in, like, the year, because there was also a situation in The Walking Dead where somebody died. Right. Um, it makes you wonder why these, like these really valuable brands within uh, movie companies insist on doing this stuff that they're not trained for. Why, is, is Tom Cruise trying to prove that he's unbreakable? Right. Is it?
1: Yeah. At just, at a point you're like, was that show worth somebody's life? Well, no, probably not. I mean, just like overall, right. even you know, the fact that they're getting to a point where they say, and then this happens and it's super crazy. Like, I'm surprised there wasn't a death on the Game of Thrones. Like, did you hear about this huge battle that happened last week? And there were people, like the Dothraki, were riding horses and they were standing on horses while they were riding yeah. shooting arrows and it wasn't cgi like they actually had stuntmen do incredible. this yeah it's so crazy yeah. i didn't know that it was actually real and i found out after the fact wow it was like one of the craziest scenes in, and
0: and you know, like Thrones history. St- stunt performers are are like highly trained and capable athletes and of course accidents can happen yep. in any line of work and no amount of training can necessarily uh save you from like a horrible mistake and i'm sure that's what happened with this stunt woman uh motorcycle driver and probably in the case of the walking dead as well um but why does tom cruise for example think he's immune to that or does he not does he just not care if he dies or does he really think that like he's he's above it he thinks scientology will just completely save him i read this crazy story this week and whether or not it's true again i don't know but this um I guess it was post Katie Holmes, or it was pre Katie Holmes, because it was a, a long time ago. I guess it was before Scarlett Johansson was famous. Mm-hmm. Might have been in and around Lost in Translation, that era. He wanted to date her, right? And he wanted to court her for a movie, whatever the movie ended up being. I don't know. She told the story somewhere, as far as I understand. Wow. So he tried to lure her into Scientology so that they could date before they were even dating, and of course they never did. That was the first. But he step. invited her to like one of the Scientology headquarters and like introduced her around and she wow. got home from that meeting I guess and she called her her manager and was like yeah I'm not gonna do this movie and they were like what of course you're gonna do this movie and she's like no I'm definitely not and don't take their calls anymore
1: that's incredible <laughs> Isn't
0: that wild that's really wild yeah I
1: was wondering like I was wondering about you know why would you do this but I think I would do the stunts. You know, if I had people advising me exactly on how to do these stunts, you know, within reason, there there was stuff that would definitely scare the shit out of me. But if there was stuff that was like, you know, you're hanging from wires and you're trying to climb stuff and do flips, I feel like that would be more fun. Right. And if it's
0: like drive from here to there really fast. Yeah. I'd be open to that too. It'd be exciting because it'd be such a boner shrinker to have to step (laughs) out of the out of the shot while some guy who they've made up to look like you but is, like, way more jacked right. steps in to do the cool thing. That yeah. would be a drag. Or even if it was, like... But, like you said, to an extent, because Tom Cruise doesn't need to hang off the side of a real plane while it's running. That's right. Did He He did that, too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, for
1: the last M.I. movie. thing. Yeah. But th- they must have had so many inflatable pads and stuff underneath, Look, too. I'm sure it was very
0: safe, and I'm, I'm sure the... I'm sure the insurance was insane. Yeah. on Tom Cruise.
1: I'm mean, like, imagine jumping off a building into one of those completely inflated things, and yeah. they did it with a dummy, like a number of times that was
0: exactly your weight. And they're right. like, "Yeah, no, you're good to go." Yeah, I would totally do it. Yeah, if it would be fun, I'd yeah. be open to it. But again, like these people are really valuable. Like Tom Cruise, I don't need to commodify a human life, but <laughs> he makes We're a lot of money billions of dollars for companies. Yeah. And so they don't want him getting injured. That's true. The fact that he got injured this week was probably a really close call and a really, really upsetting day for board members. Yeah. How injured did he get? Oh, we don't know. It's, right. like, really, really secretive. Yeah. But not so much that he can't keep shooting. Like, they're right. not shutting down production of the yeah. of the Mission Impossible movie, which he's obviously starring in. They're just going to do some, uh, some dialogue scenes for the next few weeks instead of action scenes. Right.
1: Well, and, like... Jackie Chan early on in like Rumble in the Bronx he like jumped off a bridge onto a barge or something and yeah. broke his leg. Yeah. Or he jumped off a uh, from one boat onto a barge and right. broke his leg. But he's actually someone where you would say, well there's almost no one more qualified than Jackie Chan, you know, in his late 20s early
0: 30s to do this crazy stuff. Right. That's right. He's well he's he became a movie star because he was an incredible athlete. That's yeah. what he had to boast. Yeah, exactly. There was a kid from that was it The Maze Runner? I've never seen any of those movies, but one of those young uh, YA film series actors yeah. really hurt himself a couple years ago. I forget who it was, oh. and I think it, I think he ended up okay, yeah. but for a time it looked like not only would he never work again, like he might never be the same again. Oh, God. And I think he ended up being okay, and I yeah. think maybe he's kind of retired. Do you need to adjust your microphone? Yeah, I think I might just try this. Just here. Turn that as tight as you can. I want to sit up straighter, so I got to... Slaney uh, refused alcohol when he came over. He says he's not eating anything that refuses a strong his, uh, his temple of a body can't handle, and now he wants to sit up straighter too.
1: I'm trying to make serious changes, bud. Today is day one. Sit up straight and don't drink a cider. <laughs> I
0: believe like, in you. Oh
1: God! Oh no! <laughs> now I gotta slurge super low. It okay. fell down. Well, this is probably the worst uh, theater of the it's
0: mind. It's not. Right? It's not great theater of the mind, but you can just imagine the microphone fell down. It was a metaphor for confidence. And it was a metaphor for the way my uh, abstinence of alcohol. Was <laughs> it was a metaphor for trying to improve yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, immediately he falls. Down. Do you want to get into shows? Let's do it. It's my turn to pick which one to do. Okay. Uh, and I have to pick. What would Diplo do? And I'll <laughs> I'll explain. I don't want to. I was thinking
1: the same thing because I don't quite remember all of the character names. And nuances of the other show,
0: right? I uh, wanted to talk about the other show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll will t- explain in a second why I I can't. I have to I have to recap what would Diplo do. Okay. Which is going to be kind of tricky, but I'll do my best. Put me on the clock. You think it'll be kind of tricky? No, not a lot happened, but like there's a lot of weird stuff going on that I'm not sure if I should include in my synopsis.
1: Okay. Um,
0: James Vanderbeek's new show. What would Diplo do? I'm gonna go on go.
1: Okay, so I've got got the clock ready. Three, two, one.
0: Diplo is a record producer and a label head and an EDM DJ. He performs lots of concerts. He spends a lot of time in his head with shower, thoughtsy, ethereal, high concepts, but most of it's very artificial, and he's really uh, dead set on uh, portraying himself in social media uh, in a certain way vis-a-vis his Twitter feud with calvin harris he agrees to spend a day with a make-a-wish kid actually takes the wrong kid the 12 year old nephew of his publicist instead and makes up with calvin harris at a concert
1: yeah that's pretty much it i did okay yeah yeah i mean there's a yeah a twitter feud going back and forth kind of the whole time while he's hanging out with this kid so he's like talking to calvin harris and at one point the kid even asks you know do you hate calvin harris and he's like you know i don't hate
0: anyone i thought that was a very revealing scene it yeah. was it I mean, for, for all the silly antics of the show, yeah. it's kind of a relatively deep uh, parody or satire mm-hmm. of what our culture is in terms of artifice. Yeah, and every days. time
1: he's getting a negative tweet from Calvin Harris, there's like, in his mind, there's just ninjas coming up and like attacking yeah. him. Yeah, what do you think
0: that represented? He, he, he has this just weird like, I escapism think, fantasy where he's beating up ninjas. I think it's like the blow
1: to his self-esteem. Yeah I think it's like his self-confidence
0: He's so reliant on the idea of being a certain way Yeah uh, Publicly Yep And you don't have to be a super famous record producer Mm -hmm. To feel that way Because we all cultivate a certain persona on social media whether it's intentional or not right. but when he says to that 12-year-old kid no I don't hate anybody right this is social media is not real right like that's a, a real statement he's making about the world that's yeah. not just silly lightheaded uh lighthearted um diplo and i liked it
1: because to a certain extent like edm is just as silly as social media i mean like is it? well no it's but i think he wants it i he, like when Oh wow, Matt, start over. Okay, so at the end of the episode where he's talking to Calvin Harris, and Calvin Harris says Who is like, not Calvin Harris, by no, the way. No. They had
0: actors play everybody. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. Apparently throughout the show they just have actors portray all of the different DJs right. <laughs> and musicians. Right. Um, so this guy Calvin Harris, the actor who portrays Calvin Harris, says, you know, Diplo says, Are what we doing? Is, is it really important or something along those lines? And he says, now we're like shamanic gods trying <laughs> to get the, like, you, it's something really bullshitty. And Diplo's kind of looking at him like, you're kind of, you're joking, right? Like th- we're both joking. This yeah. isn't that important. Yeah. I
0: think that's kind of, I mean, they both have God complexes. Yeah. As you would, I guess, if you get on a stage in front of tens of thousands of people right. who are, who are adoring you. Uh, now I listen I
1: in tandem was listening to well, immediately after I listened to the James Vanderpeek Be- podcast uh on Nerdist. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. You yeah. you brought it up first and that's how I knew about it. He seems like a sweet guy. Definitely. Yeah. But he also made it kind of seem like Diplo would want you to take the piss out of DJing.
0: Right. Like Well, I have to imagine he has a good sense of humor because yeah. he he sanctions this very bizarre portrayal of himself where he's kind of stupid
1: yeah it's definitely not a you know not a a pure admiration show no you know it's not portraying him like a although he is fighting ninjas and stuff
0: but it's lampooning the whole industry you're right not just him yeah and in fact however um dim he might appear yeah he Definitely has a good heart. This character seems like a good guy. Like he's—he immediately becomes great friends with the twelve-year-old nephew. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, he does end up spending some time with the Make-A-Wish kid, and he's really sweet to that kid. I was too. happy that happened because
1: yeah. when God. <laughs> the shot of the Make-A-Wish kid just waiting in the lobby while he went out <laughs> with this other kid was
0: so heartbreaking. I know. I recognized the so other sad. kid. I—I re- I couldn't figure out where I knew him from, but I recognized the other kid. Yeah, anyway, I thought sure. I thought it was—I thought it was kind of funny. I, I don't. I. I didn't make a lot of observations about it. But. I didn't I didn't think it was horrible. I always
1: like watching these things with Jen, too. Okay. Like Jen thought it was straight-up horrible, and I was thinking, like, it was weird. Yeah. It was almost like Entourage meets something a little bit headier. Hmm. And I don't think that— There's a philosophy to it, though. Yeah, I kind of wonder if, if that feeling is maintained throughout the rest of the episodes. Because hmm. I kind of wondered, like, how do you do it for every single episode? Right. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it does happen. I, I'm curious to watch the second episode. Maybe I will.
0: There are these really interesting splitters in between scenes where I mean, the show's called "What Would Diplo Do?" and uh, it'll 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 actually expose on the screen the words "Diplo on nutrition," and then they'll go to a scene where he's talking about like healthy eating. Except right. not really. It's like about the food that he eats, and so yeah. like it's built around the idea that a person who's this removed from reality has to have his own philosophy on life itself. Right. And that's perhaps how he got to be in such an unusual place. And then I wonder did the Twitter feud actually happen? I could have looked into that.
1: I don't know. But I wondered if it, if they were real tweets. I don't that think went it matters. I don't think, I don't think it matters
0: because I don't think it does, but I lo- I would love if it was kind of based off history. Maybe. You know? I think it's just I mean they there's a a kanye reference at one point i think the idea is like this this business this pop culture uh, being famous being in the music business thing is all the front right nothing is real we just have to put up this facade to perpetuate this idea of who we are which by the way is what social media is too yeah that's true
1: i mean yeah i guess it is true
0: it's one point where he's out by the pool and he's like, "I gotta get a picture of me meditating for the gram." Right. And he doesn't meditate. He just takes a picture of himself. But isn't social media
1: just kind of like a, a snapshot of who we are in person, which is a snapshot of who we actually might be? I think we
0: want it to be, but I don't think that is actually what it is because you get you don't you don't get to. Um, pick and choose every little thing that comes at you each day or, how, I mean, pe- or how people perceive you um, based on what they know about you, what they've heard from other people right. or the interactions they've had with you. But you get to much more finely cultivate who you are persona-wise in 140 characters or in a, a four-minute YouTube video. Right, you then in a conversation. Or in a Facebook someone. status or, for Christ's sake, in an Instagram that you've filtered the shit out of. Mm. Right?
1: Well, well maybe. I'm not saying that
0: you can't be some true version of yourself on social media but i'm saying it's not real you're much more polished yeah yeah that's fair it's not real <laughs> there was a. There was it's a, not real man not real there was a funny moment with the calvin harris character at the end where he makes a, a tom hiddleston dig yeah that and was I, good i wondered if Gen that was that. i wondered if that was a taylor swift reference oh i think it for sure was. i had to be right yeah yeah. Although that would be that would have to I mean the show's brand new, so I think they could have squeezed that. And they had like a Donald Trump's the president reference early on in the show, so did they? Yeah. It's with the nephew where he's talking to his aunt and she's he's like I could be in the Oval Office if if I surround myself with all of this phoniness and Oh, yeah. I see. I think that's what that meant. Yeah. Anyway, I found that kind of funny.
1: I thought I thought he was talking about how he was possibly like a good student and on to bigger and better things like the Oval Office, but he would prefer. Oh, maybe I misinterpreted to, it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because that, that would be better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if educated people were in the Oval Office.
1: I, I think he was kind of like, screw the Oval Office. Yeah.
0: Like, this seems like more fun. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. We're in agreement. It was a Taylor Swift reference. Yeah, definitely. Shall we move on? Do you give this show your S?
1: Um, eh, I would say. I don't know. I'm like a really squiggly ass.
0: Okay. I find it hard to to
1: recommend. You know what? I would say I'd be like, the way I would tell people to check it out would be like, yeah, uh, check it out. Yeah, give it a shot. Try it. Yeah. Sure. It's kind of weird. You should
0: should check it out. It's not like a, you gotta see it. No. Oh my God. I think it has the capacity to have some really warm moments and make some interesting cultural observations. Yeah. But I also don't know how intent it is on doing that. It right. might just want to make a weird thing. Yeah. And that's fine. It's like a weird show. Though it's, yeah.
1: yeah that's if I was talking to Diplo, or if I was talking to Diplo, if I was talking <laughs> to someone who was a Diplo fan, or if Diplo came up in conversation, I'd ask this person, have you seen uh, what's the show called again? What would Diplo do? What would do? Diplo do? Uh, and say, give it a shot. You might yeah. like it. It's niche. And also, wasn't it interesting that they got shots for the show because they just snuck James Vanderbeek on stage when Diplo was actually playing? That's funny. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, they said that in the Nerdist podcast. Like, oh, I missed that. There were several shows where they would actually just get him on stage, (laughs) like dancing with the dancers. Well, he must be
0: friends with Diplo at this point.
1: Oh, he's he's met him for sure, and he's like talked to him a number of times. So, so funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, tepid s's. I think First so. Slanian. Yeah, I don't want to like give it a thumbs down. No. Sucks. No, it's but. but it's no, it's no Ozark. You know, it's not like the next exciting show. Yeah, definitely not. I'm not going to talk to anyone else
1: probably this week about what would Diplo do. Very unlikely. Yeah,
0: but maybe it's a slow burn. Maybe it'll catch on eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Here we go. Oh yeah. Okay, I got to think about the show now. Um, you gonna be able to do this. Uh, okay. Let me explain to you why I couldn't. Uh, I watched the whole season already. Gotcha. So, so you I, just couldn't I watched go it, back. I watched like episode. eight episodes in four days. Right. So I can't, I went back and I read some synopses and I skimmed the episode again just so I have a good idea of like what happened in it and what didn't happen yet. Right. But it all is just kind of one big mush in my head. Okay. That's fair. Um, okay. What's the main character's name again? Sam. Sam.
1: Okay. I think I'm good.
0: You can refer to actors if you need to. Sure. Slaney's going to recap the pilot episode of Netflix's new show, Atypical, Mm -hmm. in three, two, one, go. Okay, so the story
1: centers around Sam, who is a kid with autism, or he's definitely on the spectrum. I think he's got full blown autism. ASD, they call it, yes. Okay. Um, He is, uh, you know, different from other kids. He sees a, a psychologist every day, he reads things differently. He has an obsession with Antarctica, as, you know, kids with autism usually have a fixation he, he's trying to go on a date because his therapist recommends it a lot of stuff goes wrong his relationship with his parents is uh, examined mm. that's 30 seconds <laughs> I mean there's a lot to take in in that episode we got too. a
0: little hung up on, on what the political what correct term was. he has autism autism spectrum disorder sure uh, but they sorry, r-
1: I'm not saying sure dismissively. No, no, yes, no. They
0: they routinely I mean. throughout the series refer to him as autistic. Okay. And I don't know how certain people feel about that. Like I I once had a person, uh, we know who you, we know this person. Okay. Um, tell me that the term autistic is not politically correct because a person with cancer wouldn't be identified as cancerous. Right. And this was the a, same
1: person who said being called diabetic wasn't correct. I
0: think. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, you can speak to the diabetes thing. I think it's probably individual to the the patient. Yeah. But they routinely refer to Sam as autistic. Like Michael Rappaport will call him my autistic kid sure. throughout the show.
1: Yeah. If someone called me their di- diabetic son, namely my parents, yeah. I would not be offended by that. It would oh, have to be your parents. Totally okay. People, yeah. people like to put it like... Well, the condition doesn't describe who you are, and right. I don't think it does describe who you are. No. You, know, you could also say my son, and then it might come
0: up, oh, he's a diabetic. But it initially describes who Sam is as a character. Yeah. He's not a human. He's just a character, and so that's that's the premise of this show, uh, shining a light on what it's like to be an 18-year-old with autism, feeling yeah. like like an outsider, mm-hmm. not really not having to pro- knowing how to process that, but deciding that you would like to explore uh traditional teenage dating right? and what that culture's like. So he takes uh, some tips from his friend Zahid, who he works with at a version of Best Buy. Right. Uh, he takes tips from his sister and this boy who's hitting on his sister. And she takes tips from his parents. He seems to have a much closer relationship with his mom, Jennifer Jason Lee, than Michael Rappaport. But that starts to redevelop throughout this episode. Right. Uh, And he takes tips from his psychologist, Julia, who is only maybe a couple years older than him. Right. (laughs) Which I find distracting as shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. His, his, um, wait who is his his therapist
1: is only a couple years older than him she's so young she's super young yeah And they
0: they they they, uh, kind of identify that later as ridiculous the actor of
1: sam in real life is actually 24 and then his therapist is supposed to be 26 yeah like how how would that even happen how did she get from well
0: i just don't buy i don't buy it that that she's like a tenured clinical psychotherapist with a sweet office yeah And, like, it's one thing, like, if she has her PhD, she just got it. But, like, she's got a string of patients whose mental well-being is completely reliant on her counsel. Yeah.
1: I I thought it was a – I thought it was – it had the potential to be a lot more of a darker show. But it was so
0: funny. That's – well, and that's – the reason Becky and I drank the whole thing in one big gulp—it yeah. was like we watched the second episode yesterday too. Yeah, it's we were
1: really—I was pumped about it—and
0: it. you probably agree it has some fluffy uh, young adult quality to yep. it. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's a delight. It's yeah. just very—it's a feel-good show. I was pleasantly
1: is. surprised that Michael Rappaport was in it.
0: He was awesome. Yeah, he's he, so
1: good in it. He's got a whole new thing. I don't know if you've heard any of his interviews on the Bill Simmons show. Not specifically Bill
0: Simmons. He's oh, got a yeah. relationship with, with the Stern show, though. Oh, does he? And so he's obviously a very different caricature there.
1: Yeah, and he's got this whole new thing where he's
0: like constantly calling out. It's mainly
1: been sports things.
0: Where yeah, he runs the Stern show Fantasy League. Oh, does so, he? So they have him on the wrap-up show to talk about how people are being bitches about their trades and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. He's the most vulgar person.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's super, super vulgar. Very yeah. hilarious. Very like candid. Yeah. And he had like he'll, he had such a hot take about Hamilton. Be like, Hamilton's bullshit. You you don't go to the hood. You don't see anyone like rocking the Hamilton soundtrack. Like you know, it's it's not reinventing hip hop. Sure, it might be a good play, but like don't waste your money and go see Hamilton. He's right. It doesn't reinvent hip hop. Yeah. It doesn't
0: claim to. No, but- I know. But people, I think
1: people put that title on it. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Um, People who don't know what they're talking about. So he's like calling out, you know, LeBron. He's like, LeBron, you fuck you. (laughs) He's like, you had the best thing with Kyrie and Kyrie's leaving because you didn't treat him with respect. (laughs) Kyrie, you got to come to a team like the
0: New York Knicks. They're your team now. (laughs) Uh, Amazing Michael Rappaport fact. Yep. His brother is a professor at Dalhousie. No. How did you find that out? Because Becky found this out a long time ago uh, when he got the job at Dalhousie, I guess. Yeah. Michael Rappaport tweeted a picture of the two of them. really proud of my baby brother who's uh, like blah, 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 blah. got He got some honor, I guess, some academic achievement.
1: That is incredible.
0: Yeah. I want to do some digging now. I think his name is Evan Rappaport. Okay. I don't know. What's he a professor of? I don't know. Wow. But all of those profiles are on the Dow website, so you can yeah. look into it.
1: Wow, that's. Super I also don't know if he
0: has like a thick Brooklyn accent.
1: No, I couldn't imagine.
0: Maybe I he does. I don't see why
1: not. His brother does. Yeah. Some people just don't
0: don't adopt it, or they make an effort to not Man, adopt it. He does, and he's fabulous in this show. Yeah, he's, he's I love it. Like, he's so sensitive, and uh, he he plays the traditionally macho dad really well, but not in in. Not at all in a way that makes him seem insensitive. Like right. he really cares about his family, and like um, it's his arc is really trying to relate to Sam.
1: Yeah, he's he's got this other great bit in real life where he uh, basically has a, a hierarchy of of stickmen. He calls them notorious stickmen. Okay, which are like guys who picked up a lot, like okay. famous people who picked up a lot. He's like Kareem Abd- <laughs> He called Warren Beatty one of the original stickmen, and he thinks that. Uh, Moonlight really ruined his stickman uh, arc. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Moon- like the that moment ruined him. Like it sucks that it happened. Like
0: it was a mistake. It wasn't his fault. Okay, so I have the Dalhousie profile of Dr. Eric Rappaport. Look at his picture. That's his wow. brother, man. Oh yeah. Looks like he teaches space. There's, he teaches something called space. There's no question that
1: that is Michael Rappaport's brother either. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Becky. Current teaching, site infrastructure, place, and GIS, environmental planning studio, environmental or planning methods A. And <laughs> one is plan 6251 field trip,
0: Maritimes. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. That's really awesome, though. Yeah, it's a cool thing. All right, I'm giving that back to you. Okay. Uh, What other things do I have here? Uh, Oh, so there is this thing where Sam decides he's going to ask this random girl on a date. He's working, and his buddy Zahid, who's who's very funny, he's a funny character, although he's a little bit tropey, the idea of the best friend who's super cocky and considers himself a ladies' man, but he's so dorky. Right, but not even really best friend. Like, he's only at work with him. I guess that's true. Although he's in the whole thing. Yes. He's, he's de- they're definitely pals. Mm-hmm. And he really looks out for Sam in the yeah. series. He's a good guy. That's awesome. Um, but he uh, notices that this redhead across the store is making eyes at Sam. Mm-hmm. So Sam goes up to her and he helps her pick out a printer and he asks her on a date. And she says yes. And of course it goes very bizarrely. Like he takes her to the, the picnic table behind the store where they work and yeah. they have pizza on their date. Right. And so she finds him refreshingly honest, but obviously very odd. And he tells her that he's never had sex before. And she's like, well, do you want to, I and know it that, was found that ridiculous. It was so forward. Yeah. I was like, is she seriously like, she doesn't even, she hasn't even picked up on the fact that this guy has autism well, yet. That's what's frustrating is that later on, um, he kind of has a bit of an episode when they're getting it on in yeah. her dorm room. Uh, and he kind of freaks out a little bit. And then she super freaks out and she calls him retarded. Yeah. And she asks him if there's something wrong with his brain, which kind of takes you out of it because, like, you don't buy for a second that she hasn't observed in the hours they've spent together that clearly he's on the autism spectrum. Right. And he pushes her and
1: she's not like, oh, yeah, okay, there's something that I. Yeah, I maybe sh- I need to be more, back more off delicate on right now. here. She yeah. instead
0: calls him retarded. Yeah. That you was
1: know. rough. Yeah. I didn't buy it, actually. It was very rough. Yeah and she like it also seemed like that character you know to have that much uh, like understanding and patience and going through the rest of the date it seemed like that would be a little bit too gruff of a response for that's that why it's off-putting have, instead of being like okay maybe we need to
0: yeah yeah she turned so evil yeah she becomes like <laughs> completely malicious very, she was very like quickly. satanic becky she was sort of like well, in that she was a ginger.
1: <laughs> well, then they had like similar similar features, I think. Becky, do you disagree with that?
0: What? The the redhead in the first episode of Atypical, who uh, is really mean to Sam, Slaney said that she reminded him of you. Why?
1: <laughs> because she was super mean to someone with special <laughs> needs. No, I'm joking. Because she she was like. Kind of a, uh, like, you know, a, a ginger who seemed cool and had kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a bit of like a cool hipster vibe about her. Well, I'll say that i being mean. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't once she was mean that I thought, "Oh, that was awful, Becky." Like
0: she called them the R word, and immediately, "Oh, that's Becky!" <laughs> oh, <laughs> Becky's in this show. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> hey, this is a question I wanted to bring up. Um, I actively sought out profiles on the actor Keir Gilchrist, who plays Sam in this show. Cool. Yeah, to- he's British. I didn't <laughs> didn't resolve his nationality. <laughs> okay. I was specifically looking for one piece of trivia. I wanted to know. Uh, if he's actually autistic in real life. That's what Jen asked, too. And I said, definitely not. Right. I also was inclined to think definitely not. Because he was also in, it's kind of a funny story, with Zach Galifianakis. Yes. He played a kid with, like, severe anxiety in that. I was right. like, well, maybe, like, that's also about having uh, a developmental handicap or whatever the sure. PC way of describing it is. Yeah. Um, okay. He's not, from what I gather, uh, he's not on the spectrum. But... Given the times we're in, it strikes me as the kind of thing that, for the lack of a better word, social justice warriors would probably glom onto. Like, a couple of months ago when Alec Baldwin made this movie where he played a blind guy, and the blind community was like, oh, he took a job away from blind actors. (laughs) Like, I'm a little bit surprised there hasn't been any any blogs, any hot takes trying to defend the autistic actor community. Right. Which might be just one guy, for all I know. Right,
1: and that's kind of—I guess I just kind of assumed that there was an autistic actor. Community it seems like it would I be a pretty really
0: tough it. line of work if you had exactly what Sam has. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: And maybe you know, maybe if you're on the side of the spectrum that's you know less prone to, uh, like you know those sensitivities yeah maybe that's the kind of sweet spot that would be okay
0: acting well and it would have been interesting like if if he turned out to be an autistic actor but not but more high functioning than sam like sam's very high functioning too but like if if his was just a touch and Mm -hmm. it and it helped him to identify with the character and deliver uh truth to the character but he was still able to perform in a show very functionally yeah Uh, that would have made sense to me I was kind of expecting to find that but it seems like no it's just acting and by the way I don't think that they necessarily should have cast an autistic actor you know you should be able to play stuff that you're not totally yeah that's the point of acting that's what acting is Mm -hmm. but you know the times we're living in sure yeah
1: yeah no and you haven't found any did you actively go searching for people that might be
0: outraged I didn't find any outrage okay no wow what'd you think of the sister character Casey.
1: I thought she was good. She's cool. The, yeah, there was uh, the perfect amount of like bullying like that you would just do with a, another sibling yeah. slash really sticking up for she's, a she, brother who had well, special needs.
0: Yeah, and she, occasionally through the series, she says some pretty mean stuff to him, but you never really take it to heart. It never really hurts your feelings. Right. She said, at one point, she's like, why are you such a literal asshole? I hate yeah, you. Yeah. And I
1: was so like, I was kind of upset about it. Oh, okay. But then two seconds later... She's like, hey, come find me in the lunchroom if there's no one else sitting right. and eating with you. And I was like, okay, now, Redemption, you, you know exactly where her character's at.
0: Right, and she does little things like you know, he'll be in his room watching a documentary about Antarctica, and uh, she'll come in, and she's lonely or she's sad or something, and she's like, what are you watching? And he says this thing about penguins, and she's like, yeah. that sounds horrible. And then she climbs into bed with him. Right. Like they clearly have like a very good relationship. Actually, it took me a long time throughout the series to kind of put together that he's the older sibling
1: oh okay
0: uh, i didn't know that either she's younger because he's 18 right um I, and i love
1: that like we haven't even touched on sorry the, his fixation about antarctica antarctica yeah which is so cool how he because it's it's a thing and i was kind of wondering leading into it you know i wonder if there was this and i don't even know if they call it a an interest or you know but but typically i think there you know there are there are people with autism that kind of grab on to very often. And, and I'll tell you,
0: um, radio is one of those things that very commonly is attractive oh, to, wow. To people who are on the autism spectrum. I think because it's, uh, a form of communications that that's directly communicating with you, right? It's delivering you something and you cool. alone. It's, what, you can have an intimate relationship with your radio.
1: Have you ever heard about, um, you know, what was that movie that, uh, Claire Danes was in, um, God, I wish I, it's a very strange name, Temple
0: Temple Grandin. Yeah, uh, Temple Grandin is a person, isn't it? Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, who? Uh, she was she was like autistic about being autistic. Oh wow! So like
0: she was like she, her her point of fascination was the autism spectrum itself.
1: Yeah, and also like communicating with people in like a normal like so her like she like started nailing all her social cues because she became oh. obsessed with doing just that that's That's,
0: fascinating
1: that's my understanding of it
0: that's fascinating and a little heartbreaking
1: well she yeah oh my god it's a little tragic it's it's definitely super sad and but she also created like I think in the movie she like created like a hug machine oh like something that would like you know be able to kind of give her comfort without necessarily it being someone else yeah claire danes you say yeah i believe she was the one who who was in it okay we can look it up after okay i'll feel sad if i mess the name up or the movie up i haven't watched it apparently it's really good my friend brent watched it and said i should
0: definitely do it that's really interesting yeah do you recommend the show yeah definitely i really recommend it i I just i like i said i watched through the whole i walked through the whole thing and i I kind of wish I had more because it was just—it was a feel-good show.
1: Yeah, going so into it, watch it, going into it, I kind of thought, "Oh, what am I going to think about this?" And immediately, like you know, when he's sitting on the bus trying to not let his back touch the bus, and yeah. he's like, "I don't know if these other people on the bus have a thick skin from riding the <laughs> bus so much." That was one of the lines I found really funny, and I think in the first episode, he says, "You know, I wish I could just time travel back and." make sure that would never happen and i would also want to go to the 1700s because jousting yeah. <laughs> i thought that was so he funny slips
0: in, like all these little things like there's another thing where he's i think it's in the narration or maybe he's talking to his dad he's telling a story about uh this piece of advice he got from an old teacher he had once He's just like very quickly running through it, but he's like, my yes. old gym teacher, Mr. Carter, he was fat. He yes. once told me. <laughs> I, la- I picked that up and I laughed really The fact hard that him. he's fat has nothing to do with the character. With the entire story. It's just, I, I think it's a really good performance. I think I think there are a lot of really good performances. Have you gotten to the Paige character yet?
1: I've only, uh, is Paige the one who gets punched? No. Okay, no, I've only seen, unless she's one of the track friends that I haven't really.
0: No, she's, yet. she, uh she is like a a, a romantic character for for awesome. sam later on in the series and she, her performance is awesome really she has this meltdown at the end of the series that's just like it's it's super hilarious is she also on the spectrum no oh you think oh. at first that she will be she's yeah. just odd
1: okay the difference right. i guess
0: oh i really want, yeah i'm gonna keep watching it for sure you'll like it nice all right, definitely two uh, emphatic S's for atypical, two slightly more tepid S's for what would Diplo do, but ultimately mm. a positive television viewing experience aside from what we see on the news. Definitely. News sucks. Don't trust it.
1: News, Don't trust the mainstream media. Don't trust Will Smith.
0: Will Smith is fake news. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Sad. Don't trust him.
1: In West Philadelphia. little <laughs>
0: Keep going. On the Lego it's sad. On the playground. All right, <laughs> 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 okay, Sad Jazzy Jeff, it's DJ dead. Jazzy side. You're sad.